G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL Fantasy Podcast. It doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players that are going to bring value to your draft Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and I'm only joined by my co-host Kays after we tweeted out we were going to have a special guest on tonight and he bailed on us at the last minute. What's going on there, Kays? How rude. Very, very rude. Uh, it was We kind of needed a third person on because neither of us could watch a heap of footy over the uh, weekend and uh, our mate Zach. Thanks from AFL Stats, mate. He uh, kindly said he'd come on and then, uh, you know, took all day to get his notes done and then uh, bailed at the last minute. So, um, yeah, everyone out there, go on, unfollow AFL Stats, mate. Oh, that's cold, Jeff. That's cold. Oh, he's redundant anyway. He was a CBA tweeter and now uh, the AFL app's got him in there. So, you don't need AFL Stats, mate. Thanks to it, like, real quick. Well, not as quick as these guys do it, that's for sure. Because it's uh, straight off the game. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, thanks. We, you know, look. The fact that you're not here probably makes the podcast better. Nah, <laughs> God, I've, I'm just being. Hef I'm in a mood. Real tonight. bone to pick. I'm He's in a real a grumpy mood man because I lost the podcast's uh, final to Cave yes. this week. So yes, 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 yes. Uh, I tweeted out my teams. I think the general consensus was that my team looked a lot stronger than Cave's, mm-hmm. and I had Mills laid out. I had Hearn go down. I had Bose get omitted, and uh, Bose those- played at the end. Oh no, it's so annoying. I, thought, I think <laughs> if I would have actually played him. Oh no, you wouldn't have. No, nah, I wouldn't have. But if I had, if all three of those had got their averages, all three has got their averages. I would have won quite easily. The final score was fifteen seventy eight to seventeen ten, <sighs> led admirably by my boy Jack Steele, one hundred and thirty nine points as captain. Uh, and then look, all just my. Uh, all the guys of the bench coming at 116. Maybe you know, Kennedy, you know, every 94. loophole you hit. Every exactly. loophole Harry you Harry Schoenberg get. stepped up to the plate with a 90. That was a good one. Justin Simpkin continues his great form. Nick Newman decided to play good footy. Dan Houston's probably doubled his average oh. from the last month. When you see things like that coming up against you, oh, you just wonder the fantasy gods. But I had to carry James Warple and Ed Langdon this week, and they still, you know. Yeah, Just still. a real stirring team win. We're going to lose this week to the... Um, DT Keeper League. Of course you like. You should have lost last he week. He basically scores 2,000 each week, so I'm properly cooked. But, you know, there's miracles happen. Yeah. And right. to be honest, I'm happy to end the season because you've bagged my team all year, Hef, and- It's because it deserves it. It's because well, you- Well, that means you're worse than the worst team in the league then. No, I just got unlucky for one no, week. That's what we that go. Got unlucky, blah, well, blah, did. blah. <laughs> Three players get out, go out. My boys lifted to the occasion. Yeah, sure. Um, how did your uh, Whitfield versus Howe go this week, mate? Uh, so you're question. still stoked that you've got Howe over Whitfield? Howe had 67, so that's Whitfield not too had, bad. what, 112? Yeah, look, we, we, don't, we don't always look at those <laughs> things. How did your uh, Sonny Walters versus uh, McCluggage go this week? I should have brought Sonny in as a loophole cover, then he would have technically got me <laughs> yeah. an 81. Nah, so this, is what I'm doing. This, is, this is what I'm losing to, people. People that make those trades, and this is what I go down to. People who keep the league interesting. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sure. And I could win again. You can't win this year. I, I could. No, I don't think you can somehow. Statistically, um, I'm a chance. Anyways, you're, you went down in your uh, the home league as well. Yeah, it was tough. Which was great to see. Funnily enough, you had uh, Shannon Hearn, which cost me, and you had, had Liam Duggan, and you had someone else that I had, didn't you? And Callum and, Mills. And, 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 and both. I don't have bows anymore. Oh, you traded him. That's right. Mm. You, you tra- and you traded Sean Boo too, didn't you? Yep. I like the neat. We didn't make enough of that actually when it happened. <laughs> so you've traded your boys out in the home league. That's uh, not very good. So you're a fraud when you keep talking it's, up those boys. It's called trying to win. Yeah, I know. Well, you're not I doing got, too well. I just didn't play very well on the weekend. I only had two guys to well. score tons. McRae and Lyons. Everyone else was- You had a lot of laid outs. <laughs> Oh, lucky I saw that because they only <laughs> tweeted that Callum Mills pulled out 10 minutes before yeah, the game no, and I'd already, and I'd already played my loophole, used my loophole option. So, so it would have so been a donut. Yeah, yeah. But uh, luckily I could sneak. Was it Dane Rampy or someone in there? So lucky, lucky, lucky. lucky. 
Uh, anyway, half the uh, half the country is in lockdown, so I thought we'd just do a bit of a quick shout out to uh, all the listeners out there stuck in lockdown, and uh, yeah, hopefully this podcast can uh, help you get through a little bit. Do you know what else gets you through? What gets you through? 20% off Remedy Kombucha. Absolutely. That'd get me through. Especially if you can't leave your house and uh, you can get it delivered to your door for free. Heck yeah. um, Yeah. If you want to get some uh, free delivery on your Remedy Kombucha and get 20% off in the meantime, uh, head to remedy.com slash au slash shop and use the coupon KEEPER20 at checkout. Score yourself 20% off Remedy Kombucha and uh, yeah, get some free shipping there as well. And you know, in lockdown, you probably Uber Eats or DoorDash or whatever Mm -hmm. you use in your area. What's the other one Men- no, menu, log. menu log and there's another one Deliveroo what's it called Deliveroo Deliveroo I was going to mm. say Uberoo that's not a real thing Uberoo is when they finally Combine buy each together. other out yeah yeah, yeah. yeah they, they team up to mm. bring you your food uh, but yeah you probably get some uh, Zambreros on any one of your food delivery service as well we don't have a coupon for that but we do give away uh, two vouchers to lucky winners each week I'm not sure actually how you'd go about using a voucher in uh, lockdown because you probably can't visit the restaurant they wouldn't expire for a long time we probably well if, you, if you're in Blair Athol you can get uh, the drive through one you could probably heck yeah pop it in just there. say you're going out for a test yeah well no, i think you can get food that's essential drive throughs are open i think it's just that you can't go into shops i don't know maybe let us know if we're talking <laughs> shit or not um we're not you're definitely talking shit Hef. there's no doubt about that when drive throughs open when we were in lockdown a few weeks ago no i didn't bottle, try one bottle shops were open well they're essential yeah anyway <laughs> uh so yeah each week we announce uh, a winner for two uh zambrero vouchers who's the winner this week case this week it is Carla Copeland from Wembley Downs in WA. Now, Wembley is where they play the tennis tournament, right, Case? Wembley what? Downs? Wembley? It's a joke. That's Wimbledon. It's a joke. I thought you meant like where they play soccer games Oh, sorry. And stuff. Not Wimbledon. Yeah, sorry. Wembley is where they play uh, FA Cup soccer games. <laughs> yeah. I read that wrong. Sorry. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. heck? That's right. Anyway. That's Grumpy g- and can't read tonight. Great, great joke. Uh, totally ruined. <laughs> <laughs> so, where's he going with that? My sport knowledge is pretty good. But- it is near a golf course. Oh, of course it is. Right, Wembley Golf Course. It's just yep. near Scarborough. Beautiful place in uh, in um, Perth. Yeah, cool. Have you been to Perth yet? Oh, yeah. Do you want to do oh, That's right. One? Subiaco. Yeah. I went to Subiaco to watch Port lose to Frio by five points. Round one of 2015 where Jasper Pittard turned it over in the corridor, gifting, I can't remember who it was, but gifting Fremantle a goal. So, What do they do yeah. at Subiaco these days? Uh, the I Oval. I have no idea. Probably turning into housing like they do with Amy Stadium. Mm. Anyways, we're, uh, I think, six minutes Digress. into the podcast, so we better get going. But yeah, if you want to enter out, we've only got one more. We've only got two more vouchers to give away. Uh, so next week's your last chance to uh, win the competition. So if you want to join the competition, get in the running, uh, head to keeperleaguepod.com.au slash Zambreros uh, to sign up. All right, moving on to the round rewind. Now, let's preface this case. Uh, neither of us were able to watch an abundance of football on the weekend, hence mm-hmm. why we enlisted the help of Zanks for this show, and partly because mm-hmm. he's stuck in Adelaide and uh, can't go back to Melbourne. So, um, But yeah, uh, he bailed, so um, he wrote out some notes for us, but we didn't watch uh, any of the games that uh, he did notes on. So I watched some of the Gold Coast game okay. while I was watching my boys, Walkerville, on the weekend. So I have a bit of a, a gut feel about some of that stuff. I think I actually would have driven past you. Was that at uh, down at Smosh? It was down West at Lakes. Smosh. Yeah, I, I drove past there. Mm. I saw Walkerville playing. Didn't stop in. I'm, uh, this is how Biggie's become had everyone. Other things to do. <laughs> how Biggie's become. He won't even come and visit, you know, amateur <laughs> league football anymore. The big Hollywood. Uh, I, had a, I had a few things to do set up. My first weekend at Signing lockdown. Signing autographs. Right, give me a break. What are you doing? All right. Uh, I was actually going to mate's place to watch the show down and get yeah. on beers. And- oh, 
have some food. But anyway, uh, let's get stuck in. So uh, Geelong versus GWS, that was on Friday. I watched this one, so we'll actually have no what we're talking about in this game. Uh, Reece Stanley had 109 points and always said he was a solid ruck. Whether he's best 22, that's the big issue. But when he's playing, he's worth uh, fielding. So if you struggle at uh, ruck one uh, in the ruck department, Reece Stanley is a guy you can always count on. If he is playing, he generally goes okay. Um Jake Colajasny had 95 points. Uh, he kicked the first goal. I think it was his first goal of his career as well. So he snuck forward for that one. I wonder how um, much he was paying. Oh, God, it would have been a lot. There was a funny, um, there was like a meme where the bar erupts. That was, that's, oh, yeah, yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. He pushed up pretty high this week, actually. He was kind of like floating along the, you know, across the wings kind of a fair bit, um, just getting involved in the chip arounds and things like that. And, you know, when Geelong kind of possessed the ball when they set up for attacks, lots of little plus sixes in there. But he's averaging 53, so he needed to do this a lot more often to uh, be considered properly. Uh, Jed Buse had 91 points, and he's one that's actually backed up a ton last week with a 91 this week case. So he's getting a heap more touches uh, out of defence over the past few weeks. Had 70 kicks and six handballs in this game. And he seems to be in the right place at the right time. Just, you know, there's missed kicks that are just ending up in his lap. Um, missed handballs that he's just running through and yoinking them out and uh, getting on the counter. So he also got involved in the, like, the plus sixes as well that Geelong do just because they couldn't really move the ball the way they wanted to against GDS in a game that they lost. Um, so they were chipping around a lot to try to build their attacks and he got involved in those a little bit too. Um, I think if he scores well next week, we're going to have to take a good look at him. Um, I don't know if it happens and I can't see him being a long-term uh, scorer, but it's just his scoring, you know, he's put up two good scores. He's just getting hard to ignore now. If he does it three times in a row, then we'll definitely have to be thinking about it. So just make sure you're on top of it um, in terms of your waiver wire pickups and stuff like that. And if any of your league mates looking to pounce, you might want to go and get him first. Uh, Jordan Clark had 79 points and it's just good to see him back in the side uh, playing on a wing allowed him to get up and down the ground snuck forward and kicked a goal later on in the game as well um, he's always teased but he's never delivered so if he can put in a good run to finish off the season he might force some coaches to make uh, some difficult decisions when it comes to keeping him so he's 40% owned at the moment yep would you you know have a little play to me and he was on the ground for 66% of the game as well so you know like He's going to get traded, isn't he? You'd hope so. So would you, uh, would you pick him up if you were, you know, you're out of contention and kind of looking to add an extra keeper for next year? Is he in that mould yet? He wouldn't be in my top 16. Okay. No, so probably not. In a deeper one, yeah, probably would. Mm. But yeah, not now. So mm. I don't think there's any point. Um, Sam Taylor had 103 points. Now we're talking. <laughs> and he is an emerging uh, star key defender. I don't think there's much doubt about that at the moment. Uh, he's so composed under pressure. He gave Tom Hawkins just a bit of a bath. Um, took some great marking defence. Sat in front of Hawkins, which really frustrated him as well. Probably was pretty pivotal into them winning the game. Probably pivotal in me losing to you as well because I had Hawkins in my forward line who barely got near it. Um, Sam knew. <laughs> Look, we know he has a ceiling. Like he's had three tons this year. My only concern is he's only averaging 73 from his last five. And the reason for that is because he either just goes 100 or 50 over the last few weeks. So never anywhere in between at the moment. So you take 70, a 70 average from a key defender though. And I think that's probably what he'll go at for the remainder of his career. But that's pretty good for a key defender. Um, so yeah, they're just not players I like to draft because you're consistently just trying to stream them. Instead of, I'd rather just have someone to get 70 every week and average just 70 rather than someone that goes 50, 100, you know, 60, 90. He's literally going 150, 150, 50, 100. Yeah. So it's like. So it's consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Consistently good and then consistently bad. So I know, like, 
you love like getting him. up and about on. I the like back. him. You like week to week. You look at week to week performances and you get up about. You know, I like him. Like early on when Harry Schoenberg was just getting one hundred in, you know, with a million fifties, and you go, oh, the doubters, I've proved them wrong now. You probably have proved the doubters. Ninety. You have proved the doubters wrong now, probably. Yes. <laughs> at the time, uh, it was looking pretty unlikely. You like to jump uh, on Gut early. Feels, man. You yeah. got it back in McGuff. Exactly. Oh. The Oracle doesn't miss. I'm just wanting this season to be over so we can just go back to you making all the bad calls. And uh, yeah, it's a new, it's a new thing. I hope not. Anyway, uh, let's it's move like on. TikTok. It's just here to stay. <laughs> it's a new fad. Uh, Kieran Briggs, uh, 79 points. Uh, saw him in the number one ruck roll. Ruck roll. I stuffed it up again. I stuffed it on the Wave Wire podcast. I'm going to stuff it up here. Ruck roll. Uh, won the hitouts for the night. He had 20 hitouts. And the, the issue with it is him win. A, he's not playing. He wasn't playing a great ruck, so he's playing at Reece Stanley. So he doesn't win a lot of the rucks. Uh, ruck taps, pretty ineffective in there. But then also as well, he's not going to be the number one ruck long term either. So I don't know. He might develop into a key position forward that kind of does pinch it in the ruck. But everyone talks about those, like those guys are gold, but there's heaps of them out there that don't score that well. So I don't know. I don't love him for fantasy. That's what I'm trying to say. It's a weird one because like I was watching a bit of this game and even reading things after everyone's like, oh, and, you know, Shane Mumford's going to mentor Kieran Briggs and he's going to become the next Ruckman, blah, blah, blah. But you're like, you do realise that Flynn's out. They've got uh, Proust as well. Although Briggs was a very successful uh, and very good fantasy uh, junior Ruckman though. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I kind of get that same feeling. He's almost 30 in line for that particular role. Yeah. How tall is he? Is he? Like, he doesn't look like as tall as the other, other Ruckman in the comp. That's all. But maybe that's just because he's like thicker too. I don't know. The old thick Ruckman. Yeah. So it'd like, be interesting how big's like Shane Mumford as well. Yeah. I don't know. Kieran Briggs is, drumroll Hef, how big do you think he is? I think he's like, I'm going to go with like 198. He's 200 centimetres. Okay. Yeah. And what's Shane Mumford then? I want to look up Shane Mumford high here. 199. It's about the same size. I don't know. It just doesn't look as big as Mumford. But anyway, um, he's, yeah, he's bigger than Mumford. Anyway, I don't know where I'm going with that, but uh, we'll move on. He needs to look bigger. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll take over Zanks's notes for the Carlton Gold Coast game. Good luck. Uh, Nick Newman had 117 points, probably on the borderline of 2G4P, but saying that he was on the... Um, in our draft at the start of the year, obviously, uh, coming off the injury. Um, he's played every game since round nine and averaging 85. Always been a pretty good back. I suppose 28 years old, where does he kind of sit for, for most teams? Is he a guy you're locking in at, at Carlton? You know, they've got a few halfback flankers. Is he going to stay there long term? Well, I don't know. Unfortunately, we heard about uh, Sam mm, Doherty true. yesterday. So, he might be out for a little while. Um, not that that's a, a good thing for anyone, but uh, that might uh, open a spot for him a bit longer. I think, I don't know. Carlton couldn't play any worse than he's scoring. He's going okay. Mm. So, I think there's a spot for him. He's always been a decent fantasy scorer. Yeah, he always so, has been. Yeah. If he's playing, you probably won't have him on the field. That's for sure. Yep. Um, whether he holds that spot long term, probably jury's still out a little bit, but He's not doing too many things wrong at the moment. No. Uh, Mark Murphy, interestingly, has down here, was the green vest and didn't get on the ground. Now, we're pretty keen on the old milestone game player. Can he just dominate this week? I've got him as my streamer of the week, I think, later in the pod, because milestone game, Colin's season's over. They're playing Port this week, aren't they? Yeah, who are the hardest fantasy team to score against. One of the hardest. But, like, is it really going to be much of a game? Like, Colton, they've obviously thrown in the towel. Yeah. He's playing his 300th game. He's playing his final ever game. Surely that's at least good for an 80. Yeah, probably. He'll probably get a few goals. I'll probably look for him up forward, I reckon. So, he'll kick a couple. Yeah, I'd back him in for an 80. I reckon he's, this yeah. is the time. If right. this is- Farewell we, game. We talk about this each year that there's the retirement game, the farewell game. Yeah. 
we're going to get our first taste of it this week with Mark Murphy. You've got someone like Chris May next week. There's a couple coming, so, you know, just keep an eye on him. Yep. He's also going to mention that Paddy Dow didn't score too well, Hef. Is this true? I didn't see the stats. I think he got 37. I hate getting lumped in with Paddy Dow. I was, like, never super keen on him. The reason why I was in that video is because Doss couldn't sing the backing vocals, so I had to do it. But uh, And I've actually, if you go through my Twitter, I've, uh, I've denounced him earlier in the season, so I keep coughing it. Shouldn't have done that bloody song. No, you shouldn't have. <laughs> uh, the well, 100,000 views it got over the platform was probably worth it. <laughs> Do you regret dropping, uh, you know, all those players that we always talk about each week or doing the Paddy Dow video more? Uh, oh, no, I'd, I'd rather do the Paddy Dow video. Paddy Dow Paddy video is good for business. Yeah. It was very good for you. It's just <laughs> unfortunate you couldn't have picked a better player. Um, On to the Suns, Will Power. He had 138 points and wow, uh, 21 kicks, seven handballs, eight marks, seven tackles. Um, And even, yeah, he actually watched that goal <laughs> with Zanks at the game. Uh, just slotted it from the boundary, an absolute beautiful banana, um, went through. He is just taking his game to the next level. Probably... Um, bump someone like a Jack Bowes out of that particular, you know, running halfback role. Good. I hope he never plays again after his uh, omission from the team this week, ruining my game against you. Well, he did score 65, uh, 68 points in 55, 55% yeah, game time. But I would have played him on the ground if he actually played. <laughs> <laughs> like, no one really sobbing for you, Hef. I think you got to understand that. I know. The good guy won. I'm, I'm sobbing for myself. Willpower is probably one we didn't, we didn't see coming um this much like we know that he's has um shown a bit of a ceiling in the past but yeah he uh he took it to the next level on the weekend Braden Fiorini 119 points obviously we've kind of 2G for paid him half, yeah why is he here does what, not what know how you, this works I don't know maybe it's his first time listening to the pod but yeah, what, what, are you gonna keep would you keep Fiorini you've 16 players you keeping him you got to yeah when he scores like that, you're not going to be putting him back in the pool. Mm, it's true. And lastly, Jeremy Sharp had 88 Dream Team points, uh, 19 touches with 12 kicks and seven handballs. Look, uh, got around the ground beautifully, took nine marks and uh, had three tackles. So I reckon that they've found one. He was only drafted by 4% of teams at the start of the season. Obviously, the mighty, mighty, not much chop being one. Now he's up to 80%. So... What's, what would you do with him? Like, I'm in the lucky position with someone like Jeremy Sharp. And we see this with quite often with kids in their second year or, or third year where they're kind of on the precipice of being, you know, they're showing some really, really good fantasy signs. Potentially, you could throw a Harry Schoenberg in that mix or a Luke Jackson. You know, when Wait, you're saying when, Schoenberg's not an automatic keeper in your team. Well, you don't own him anymore. I don't That's right, you traded him. But uh, when you've got maybe 12, 15, 16 keepers, you know, where, where do you draw the line on someone like a, a Jeremy Sharp? You've got to keep Jeremy Sharp after what he's shown at the start of this year. It definitely is. It's like he's like miles ahead of where Schoenberg, like where Schoenberg was after the same number of games. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So players like this generally, if they can score like this this early in their game tally in their careers, I was, I'm saying careers, but he's, he's a second year player. Mm. But after five or six, was he played? Probably a bit yeah, more than seven or eight games now. Yeah, nine. Yeah. Um, to score like that that early, there's something special there. I That's think. true. Yeah. I'm very happy. And I think if you are, you know, you can always find room for one of those younger guys on your, your keeper list. So Absolutely. I'd be sticking with Jay Sharp for sure. Uh, Richmond, North Melbourne. Uh, Jack Graham had 146 points after I basically gave him a rocket last week saying he's no good. He really came out and showed me I'm wrong. 36 touches, 23 kicks. We obviously have eight marks and eight tackles. Look, I don't I don't really know what to do with Jack Graham. I I would hate to be a Jack Graham owner because, yes, he can do this. And, yes, he plays one good game and the press come out and go, he's going to be Richmond's best, oh, next captain or whatever, which might be true. But 
he you you're worried about Sam Taylor going 150. Jack Graham's going 146 60. Now, one of our listeners brought up a very good point this uh, this week, and I don't really, I haven't really watched a lot of Richmond games lately, so you're you've been in charge of these. Mm. Apparently, according to this listener, it's a uh, who was I've got it down here in the list. It's Mitchell Swan, mm. and he's saying that. Uh, He's been basically sitting forward for most of the last few weeks and doesn't really get a heap of CBAs. So he starts up forward and then moves into the midfield after. But the good thing about this is, I guess, that if you start, uh, dual position status Mm. goes on where you start from the centre bounce. So if you're starting up forward and he's starting up forward a lot, he could be a DPP next season. So they reckon, I guess, the catalyst for this was actually getting bulk CBAs this week. And he's actually... Does he make my CBA article? Yes, he does make my CBA article, which will be a bit later this week. So he's actually received a huge bump in CBAs this week. So maybe that's just all it is. He just and then now they, I think they move. Well, I didn't actually see the game, but I think from the numbers, it looked like they moved um, MP four hundred Matt Parker. And that's his. <laughs> Why Twitter. has he got four hundred? Oh, I have no idea. Okay. I've been asking everyone that. That's his Twitter handle, though. Right. Um, <laughs> they moved him out of the midfield. Maybe is that what happened? Um, and now he just kind of ran in there and actually played the proper role that Dusty's left. Mm. Back a bit. Well, look, we know he can score. It's just can he do it week to week? Yeah, the, the big question. For I think when you get no CBA numbers, uh, as opposed to what you usually but get. What do you do as a keep? You know, like, yes, he's scored one hundred and forty six, but he's been very disappointing. Like, are you going? Are you kind of giving him the Darcy Parish thing where when he's got the role and he gets that role, he's going to be a good scorer? Um, I don't know. I think if, if that listener is correct in what he thinks and getting an actual DPP, he might, he might play midfield the rest of the season and just blow that away now. You definitely keep him as a forward. Mm. But oh, I don't, yeah, of I don't course know if, I don't know if he's going to get it. Um, it's very hard. Uh, it's, still, it's still a wait and see. Like mm-hmm. last week I would have said get rid of him. Mm-hmm. This week I'm back on, all right, let's watch the last two rounds and see what happens. Mm. That's wait the way to go. Yeah. Uh, Dan Rowley had 99 points and that halfback role is real. Uh, looks to be a nice target for the... Uh, for your black book for next season. So he had 14 kicks and 10 handballs, nine marks as well. So just wanted to keep an eye on. I've been flagging this the last few weeks and, and yeah, just put him in your notes uh, heading into next year's draft because he's been scoring well, but not well enough that maybe a few yeah, coaches low wouldn't be, wouldn't be um, looking at. So, yeah, just uh, keep him in mind for next year. I reckon I'm with Zanks <sighs> he will He will likely come onto my field in my uh, dynasty grand final this week because Toby Green has just been ruled out. Right. I had, um, I have Toby Green and Dangerfield who w- went both out in the same incident. So, yeah, good luck there. But uh, now it looks like because Green's out, I'll have to bring Rioli on. Do you think it's the worst thing to happen? No. No, neither do I. I don't think so. Not I think now. he's he's showing he plays that role nicely. The other thing is if Dangerfield doesn't get up, I might have to play Bailey Scott mm-hmm. who had 20 hours last week. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Liam Baker had 98 points and has found himself back in that midfield rotation. Look, he's another one who in that kind of Jack Graham mould where when they play the right role, whether for Baker it's off halfback or um, as we've seen Baker play also through the midfield this year that he can score. But um, where to take him or what to do with him, I- I'm not too sure just yet. I-, I think I'd be throwing him back in the pool, but would be one that I'd be looking at uh, early in a draft next year. Um, and apparently that there's no one good for North Melbourne. Yeah, um, apparently two G- either, either 2G4P or plotters, mm. apparently, which sounds about right, really. So, um, yeah, we won't talk about any North Melbourne players. No. Sorry, North Melbourne fans. Let's move on to the showdown. Adelaide versus Port Adelaide. I watched this one uh, over a few beers. Um, Tom Duda is the first player I'm going to talk about. And apologies to Crows fans who probably got their hopes up in winning this game, but didn't quite get there. Um, but, you know, good effort. But anyway, uh, Tom Duda, 95 points. Um, and it was just the perfect game for him, really. Just 
Porter just so ineffective going forward sometimes. Um, there's just well, a lot of the time they just keep bombing it in on Charlie Dixon's head, and then it just comes to the ground. And then what I was happening, Duda would just wrap someone up in a tackle or just get the crumbs off that forward. Um, he had nine tackles for the game, basically just doing that. So just mm. kind of any time when the crumbs would come through, he'd just wear them like a glove and uh, take them out. So um, yeah. Case, you really like him as a fantasy option, don't you? I do. Because he's averaging 83 from his last three. But if you look at the three before that, he's averaging 43 mm-hmm. for the three of that. And mm-hmm. he's averaging 65 for the season. So he's a bit like a, a Sam Taylor for mine. He's just uh, up and down. Can go on little spells, little heat and runs. But he's probably less of the, doesn't have the, oh no, his floor can get down there. But he's probably has less of a floor and more of a ceiling. Uh, less of a ceiling, more of a floor. I don't know. I think his floor's better. His ceiling's not as high. That's what I was trying to say. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for that. Let's move on to the man of the moment, my favourite player of all time, Harry Schoenberg. And I can't believe you're getting Harry Schoenberg tattoo because he <laughs> lost this game against me. We can't just make bets after the game has actually happened and then tell Can me what I have to do. Will. All right. One, we'll we'll get it done at Brew Boys next year. All right. You're going to get a Port Adelaide tattoo on your face. I didn't lose anything. No, nah, you lost last week though. So that was- That yeah. was not a tattoo bet. <laughs> oh, so okay. Just, oh, you get to choose when the tattoo bets come Correct. Out. I thought it was a post thing. No, anyway, no, no. Um, 95 points for Harry Schoenberg. Look, he's definitely finding his feet in the midfield. Um, he's just accumulating so much more of the footy. So I, you might've heard me change my tune last week. I can see him being like a, at least- uh, mid-90s averaging midfield. I'm not sure he's a 100-plus averager going forward. And look, I think he's like, like I said, the accumulation is going well. He's finding more of the footy. My concern, it's not really a concern for Schoenberg as much, but it's a, more of a concern for the Crows. But he had nine clangers in the game, the most of any player on the field. And he had a disposal efficiency of 51%. Mm-hmm. And he usually only hovers around the 60s. But you got players like Keyes who are kind of, he was ineffective again. He, had, he was about 50% and he's pretty low as well. Um, Crouch, Matt Crouch, if he stays, he's pretty low. I think if the Crows want to play better football, they're going to need better mid, better users in their midfield, essentially. Now, I don't think... I think it's probably uh, more bad news for players like Keyes and Crouch who's probably going to leave. I think that's probably the long-term thing. I think Schoenberg is going to be the one that stays there for the long-term. Um, but if those guys do go out, does he receive more attention on top it's of that? Ben Keyes midfield, mate. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Schoenberg just plays in it. Like you can't, you can't, I'm not, you, I'm just watching him. You can't play that many ineffective midfielders and expect to improve. Now, Harry was second in the showdown medal. Yeah, was he? Mm. Nice. So that's how good he was. He, he had was 31 touches, 10 contested touches, six clearances. And nine It was players. a high pressure game. Yeah, yeah. Which usually means more ineffective disposals. But, but like his, his disposal efficiency is usually only in the 60s, so he was probably down 10% or so. All right, so I saw your notes earlier this week, and I thought, don't you dare talk about my boy Harry like this. All right. Now, Harry is operating at 66.8% disposal efficiency this year. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah? Who's Port's best player this year? Uh, Ollie Wines, probably. What disposal efficiency does Ollie go at? Oh, uh, low. Yeah. Is it 68%? Yeah, that's always okay, been the case. so that's poor. Now, Oli Wands are getting 150s each week. <laughs> There's a bit of a difference. Uh, Oli Wands is like a six-year player and Harry Schoenberg's second. Mm. Now, Took Miller, gun. Jack Steele, gun. Yeah, Trav Boat, yeah. gun. Clayton Oliver, gun. All they low. operate at 71%. So, only 5% better than Harry. Se- 70, is the, 70 is the pass mark, really. Well, okay. Christian Petrarca goes at 61%. So, you're saying that Harry Schoenberg's a better player than Christian Petrarca? No, nah, I'm saying a lot of those players- uh, Because they get the ball, they get their contested ball. You can't always have high disposal efficiency when yeah, you're true. rushing kicks out of packs. That's true. I just think as, as a collective, 
you can't have all of those players in there though. That's but what I'm saying. I would rather have two a, a keys in a Schoenberg and then get some classy movers out yeah. there because someone's, well, someone's got to get someone's got to get that ball for the crows. Someone's going to have to move out of that midfield side, midfield though. Probably Rory. Yeah, Laird back to the defense. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's just there's not room for all of them in there. But I don't I don't think it's actually bad news for Schoenberg. That's he's all. a gun. Yeah. He's a gun. He's fine. I just yeah, not sure he's going to be the hundred average. That's oh. all. One day. Got maybe. you again. Who can I make? Who can I convert you to next year? I'm going to find someone. Well, how did you get me that time? You just have conceded. You told me that Harry Schoenberg would average oh, yeah. 60 but this year. You always said Justin McInerney's not in Sydney's best 22 at the start of the year. So That was one. <laughs> I reckon I've come we, around. We roll the tapes. So I reckon I've we come around. A few. Um, Chase Jones, uh, 83 points. Best game of the season. Uh, playing defence. Um, he was on the switches a lot as well. So he had five tackles in that game too, but it was just so contested. But that helped. It was it was that sort of game. Um, would want to see some more consistent scores from Chase Jones, that's all. But uh, good positive signs, bit of a roll switch up this year and good to see him actually put up one half decent score uh, in, a, in a handful of games. Uh, Tom Lynch at 81 points. Um, look, I hope people grabbed him off the waiver wires for finals, but uh, he's not going to be around much longer by the sounds unless mm. someone's desperate and picks him up. But uh, he kicked the goal, um, played that old connector role. Could help. Uh, people win finals averaging 79 since uh, coming back in round 18 and capable of averaging 80 for the rest of the season so yeah interestingly the Crows have said they're still in their best 22 for this season and should play the last two games what's that sorry the Crows have said he'll probably play the last two games yeah 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 of course it's just the age thing I think the list profile they're going to move a couple on yeah oh well I suppose there could be the trainer thought that if he's not there next year just don't play him play someone else yeah okay yeah true true um Willem Drury had 110 points, uh, carried that midfield, and we've talked the last few weeks about him not really having a ceiling, but does this disprove this? I had a, I copped a few tweets, actually, mm. about uh, this. I'm not sure if one swallow makes a summer. Is that the saying? Yes. Someone, asked, someone stuffed it up in our group chat the other day, well, a few months ago, and it was quite funny. But... Um, yeah, it was a really low-scoring game, and it was pretty contested, so this suited him, and he loves that sort of footy. Um, I think we still need to see him do this a bit more often before we can say he definitely has a ceiling now. Um, you know, But he is giving, getting his average up now. Like He's averaging 77 for the season, so we do say the 2G4P is uh, the, the 80. If you want to maybe pat yourself on the back here, Willem only had nine points in the last quarter. There you go. So he could have gone really ham, but just couldn't get through that ceiling. Yeah, exactly. Couldn't break through it. I love patting myself on the back, so I'll give myself that one, if that's what you can call it, even though he did get 110. Um, look, no, I don't I don't dislike him as a player. It's just another one, like pretty similar to Schoenberg, really. That style of player, are uh, they going to be huge scorers? But then, like you said, you did list off a heap of the the um, the guns down there, but all of those guys were pretty early draft picks. You know you know they're going to be guns from the start off with, I don't know. But anyway, uh, let's move on. Alir Alir had 94, 94 points. The game just suited him. Just Both teams were super ineffective going forward, just kept pinging back and forth. Fourth and just allowed him to take heaps of intercept marks for the night. So he had 11 marks in this game. It's not going to happen every week. So, yeah, um, a bit of an outlier. But he has put up a few decent scores. Not a bad loophole slash streamer option here and there. Now, Zach Butters, he had 90 points. Have we 2G4P'd him yet? You'd have to think so. He's very, well, he very was good. missing for so long. He only played, like, th- what, four games before getting injured. He's elite, though. Yeah, I know. Um, he's rotating between midfield and forward. Um, should keep forward status uh, next year, which is kind of juicy as well. Um, could be one of the top forwards next year, I reckon. If he doesn't go into a full-time midfield role, he could be up there, mm-hmm. um, especially with quite a few looking like losing him. And he kicked two goals in this game, uh, and he had 19 touches as well. So he's just a gun. I reckon we just 2G4PM. No one's going to get rid of him. 
Agreed. See you later. And Miles Bergman had 84 points. And this year he's had one times 100 score, so one ton. He's had two 80s and three 70s. So, Kay, at the start of the year, you said he's a salary cap hype only mm-hmm. type player. Mm-hmm. Do you, Have you changed your tune on that one? Do you think there's something here? Because he plays the right type of game for fantasy. And he's a, you know, take a good grab. He can intercept, you know, running halfback flanker. Looks like a Hamish Hartlett's probably not going to be there next year. A few older players are going to be moving mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Do you think he's I'm happy to, to cop the... Cop the loss there with that Colby, yeah, but um, at, but honestly, at the start, I don't think it's a competition as much as you do, case. No, it's but at the start <laughs> of the season, did you think he'd be playing every week? I thought like, there was a chance. Just like, just looking like when I watched his preseason game down at uh, South Adelaide, he looked super comfortable. He has kind of been lucky in a Absolutely. way that that yeah. all those three youngsters got injured. You know, yeah. Hartlett's been out. Um, so he's, he's got a bit lucky but at the same time no one can push him out because he's been playing good footy yeah, so um, very much kudos to Miles yeah I'm happy he's probably a player I'm going to end up keeping next year just due to the strength of my list but it's a good age profile now because I've got a few young ones in there I'll do Zanks's notes for oh no, this is yours thankfully I'll do the next one of Zanks's so the Saints-Swans game versus what a Sydney. game it was uh, Jack Sinclair 102 points he'd have to be super super close to 2G4P wouldn't he have well he's putting up some pretty decent scores. Yeah, fourth ton of the year. Um, and he's got, got the most fantasy-friendly role ever at the Saints in that back line. Uh, the runner and distributor of that um, halfback flank. And look, no matter who comes in or out of that team, he's kept that role. So um, got to love players who other players look to at all times, and that's Sinclair. Look, he's 26 years old, uh, definite keeper. I think he's um, a little beauty back there. So uh, you'd be licking your lips if you own Jack Sinclair. Now, Dean Kent had 95 points. He's actually been pretty good. He's played five games on the trot this year for an average of 71, which is not too bad at all. His worst being a 59, um, and his best was on the weekend, which is that 95. But it has been a bit of an outlier from what we've seen from Kent. Um, he was very, very good on Saturday night with 15 touches and three goals, but I'm not backing him in uh, for the Saints to have the kind of game they did again against Sydney and and um, not too often. And he's just kind of one of those... Part, um, you know, pressure players who who can play well, but you just can't back him in week to week. So more of a tip of the cup to, to Dean Kent for his game. I think that's yeah the case. Now Tommy Highmore had eighty seven points, and he is a gem. Um, I haven't seen a heap of the Saints uh, at periods this this year, but he was super impressive. He had ten touches alone in the first quarter, ended the game with twenty one, and had nine marks. Now. I speak about my love of Sam Taylor, and I think Tom Highmore has a lot of those qualities as well. He's a great mark, um, perfect interceptor, and uses the ball really well as well. Look, he's an exciting prospect. He's 23 years old. uh, He's mature age and just looks ready. So um, if you do like those intercepting defenders like, you know, Duday, Taylor, um, the guys that I love, I'd be more than happy to have a piece of Tom Highmore come the draft next year. I just wish he did it earlier in the year to kind of, um, I guess, for the salary cap players, do, you know, more there. But then also it's kind of like probably someone, like if we've got ad drops, you kind of dropped him mid-season type thing. And then uh, now he's coming to do, you know, scoring some decent points heading into the end of the season. So, but anyway. Uh, Jackie Higgins had 83 points. He certainly was, he wasn't missy on Saturday night. Kicked four goals, one. Just buzzing around that forward line. Hit some contests at some really nice pace. So, look, there's no doubt he's a, a great coming forward, but... Could he be more? Obviously, he went to Saints. There's a lot of guys in that engine room. I think that he's almost pegged himself as a as a half forward flanker. I think that's what it what it is. He's not going to be a midfielder, surely. No, I don't think so. No. But look, he's very good at his craft, and you know, with him, Kent, and Butler, uh, the Saints' pressure was outstanding on Sunday night, which is a big reason why they knocked off the Swans. I think he's worth holding because if the Saints improve, we've seen that guys who play that half forward role can actually be a very good fantasy scorer. Um, 
in the past. So if he can just just tweak his game a touch and find a bit more consistency, I think he's definitely worth holding. But not a guy who once he might have thought he'd maybe be 120 averaging mid. I think if you kind of set the bar at, I reckon he can be a pretty consistent 80 averaging forward. I reckon that's where he sits now. Uh, Nick Caulfield had 71. Hef, your boy. Oh, my ex-boy. He's I definitely going to be dropped next year. Thought he was pretty solid though in defence. and oh, no. I just unsure why Rats keeps dropping him. But look, he had 15 touches, seven marks and two tackles. Um, look, Sinclair's really taken that role yeah, off him. That's, as that's that it. If like he he would be Sinclair if mm. Sinclair wasn't playing. Yeah. Look, so on his annoying. best form, he's actually a keeper, but uh, at times he's just been not best 22 and in and out. So he's probably one who I think should look for another team because he could definitely um, really dominate at another side. Now, your boy, Nick Blakey, finally. Some good news coming from one of your boys, Have 84 points from him, and the role is real. Uh, look, congratulations to all of you owners who stuck fat with the lizard. That's me. That's, That's you, me. Well done. <laughs> um, defender status is incoming for sure next year. Look, he can take a great grab. Uh, he always has a crack, and, and he just took the game on on Saturday night. Spoke about a lot. His move frees up Dawson, which is uh, very, very good for the Saints. So, surprisingly, he's still only 62% owned. So, look. There might be a league or two where he's just still stuck in the uh, in the waiver wire pool, uh, waiver pool. Sorry, so just have a look at him, and um, yeah, he'll definitely get defender status next year. And if he get, continues what he's doing now, he's going to be a, a very solid fantasy player. Do you reckon there's any chance to keep the forward status? No, no, he's been on the wing for most of the season. Then wing, and flank. then the last kind of month. Jesus could run off the halfback flank though. He's like uncatchable sometimes. It's because of the size as well. Because yeah, he's, yeah. he's quick and he's got that kind of little bit extra height than most other kind of halfback flankers. He kind of reminds me of a Jack Lacocious. Mm. That right? Yeah, in yeah. a way. Yeah. Uh, Harry Cunningham had seventy-eight points, and he's the often forgotten, most consistent, unsexy fantasy player ever. Look, he really puts in a game under sixty, and a great team player and a solid fantasy scorer. Had twenty-one touches. He is the ultimate utility. He just plays anywhere. Twenty-seven years old. Look, he's obviously not a keeper, but I'm telling you, uh, my team has benefited from uh, guys like this this year. When you think your team's in a window, he's a great pickup for sides like that because he doesn't really put in a bag game you can put him on the field without too much risk yes he might not score you a ton but he's rarely lets you down so uh, just keep a guy like harry cunningham in mind next year if you are um thinking about you know contending and lastly for the swans tommy patley had 74 points he's in a super rich consistent vein of form He's averaging 76 in his last five. And what I like about um, what's happening previously is he's not relying on a heap of snags for the scores. Yes, he kicked two goals, but he's worked really hard up and down the ground for his 15 touches. And I think the CBA has had him at 16 on the weekend. So he's actually in there and almost doing a bit of a uh, Jordan Degori style role. So what's the reason for the CBAs? Did McInerney play the same time in there? McInerney hardly got a CBA on the weekend. So, are they just rotating players through there at the moment? Potentially, yeah. So, it's kind of hard to get a gauge of what role people are actually playing. Correct. They're flying. Uh, horses f- throwing just, a few magnets Just around. trying things mm. before finals. But look, North and Gold Coast coming up, he's genuinely a startable F4, F5 over the next week. I think this week, especially against North, I reckon he could take them apart. All right. Let's move on to Hawthorne versus Collingwood. I watched bits and pieces of this and listened to some of it on the radio. So, hopefully, I got enough of a... Uh, a picture of what was going on but uh, start with Lockie Bramble 94 points the kid's just 
a gun. Um, averaging 80 from his last five, 70 for the season, but he was slow to start. I think he had 40s and stuff to start off with. So he's going to be a very popular pick in drafts next year. And uh, long term, I think he could slot in well either on a wing or halfback, depending on where he ends up. I know there's a lot of halfback flankers out now, which is kind of where he's playing a bit more, but um, he can do that on the wing as well as we saw in the first few games too. And I could see players like you know him and Day being the future wingmen of that club. So uh, get on board, I reckon, now because I think he's going to have a bright future. Hopefully he gets uh, back status. No, he's got forward status this year, which was weird. Um, but he uh, might get back status. Uh, well, he probably will get back status next year, but I don't know how long it will last for, depending on who comes back in the back line. Uh, Connor Nash had 92 points. He was in the midfield again, and he plays with so much grunt in there. Hawthorne been playing a real high-pressure game over the last few weeks, and he's been pivotal uh, to that. Warple went down at after half time so you assume he's going to miss a week or two I haven't actually heard what that was but um, it's an ankle ankle was it yeah so that might uh, keep him out for a little bit for the remainder of the season who knows but uh, yeah Connor Nash could be the player that steps into his role and scores well for the end of the year so listen as a forward if you got a waiver pickup still going into your prelim and your grand final the next two weeks could be a super handy player to have up there uh, Dylan Moore had 88 points and he's actually been scoring pretty well playing up forward um Averaging 85 from his last three, 80 from his last five. So that's not too bad there. Um, probably not a bad keeper option going forward. I guess with Bruce near the end, Wingard rolling through the midfield more. Um, he might be getting a few more opportunities up forward and uh, he scores well when he's there. So yeah, I don't mind him. I love him. I started him on the weekend in my final and didn't let me down at all. Except you lost. But he didn't let me down. <laughs> other people let him. Other people let me down. <laughs> That's a team effort. Anyway, uh, Jonathan Segler is back into the side with Reeves being managed. He had 84 points and he was pretty good. Um, it's always stiff to drop him because he plays so well. I think the last time he didn't actually get dropped, he was injured and then that brought Reeves back in. So I need him to play this weekend in my dynasty final so, um, so that I can put McAvoy back and have a defender to replace Brody Smith. But anyway, uh, look... He had 21 hitouts, 20 touches and six marks. Like I said, going to be pretty hard to drop after that. And he's definitely fieldable um, if he does play this week. Will Hoskin Elliott is probably the only one to mention for Collingwood. He had 76 points. And uh, yeah, we talked about him last week. Just listed as a forward, getting that run on the uh, wing. Uh, it's just a great opportunity to score for him. So I don't mind him if you need a forward. And that's uh, all of the Hawthorne-Collingwood game. Let's move on to Western Bulldogs versus Essendon with Case. Oh, what a game it was too. I have no time to read about any Western Bulldogs players in this game, mainly because all the good scorers are uh, 2G4P. But few Bombers boys who really pricked my attention. Pete Wright, obviously, two-metre Pete, 103 points from him. What more needs to be said? Seven snags from nine kicks and one handball, seven marks and nine hitouts. Look, am I surprised? Kind of, but not really. I'm surprised he kicked seven, yes. But <laughs> uh, am I surprised that he's been okay fantasy-wise this year? No, not really, because he's always shown glimpses at uh, Gold Coast and was a high average, um, sorry, high 60s average forward there. He's uh, averaging 69 this year and averaging 82 in his last five. And I'm just loving what he's doing right now. He's pulled out four tons this year and I think he can only improve. It's kind of weird to think that he's still only 24. It seems like he's probably, you know, mid to late 20s. So he's still got plenty of good footy left in him. And the role he plays in that side, um, being able to chop out uh, Sammy Draper is very important. So um, I'd be. I don't think you could classify him as a keeper, but I reckon you could definitely look at him early in a draft next year just to help out as a DPP ruck forward. So do you think the two-metre Peter and Sam Draper combo as like the ruck swapping forward, that's their go-to for the next 10 years? Yep. Okay, cool. That's I don't, I don't think anyone else is going to take it. Like, yeah. They're not going to ruck Harry Jones. They don't want to ruck Nick Cox. Yeah. Pete Wright's made for that role. 
just looking at the way you're holding your microphone right now. It's very interesting, almost like a kind of half Eminem style, but uh, kind of not. I'm the, uh, yeah. The Slim Shady, the Slim Casey. Slim Casey. Yeah. <laughs> I like that hat. <laughs> anyway, if I could rap, I'd try, but I can't. Uh, Tom Cutler had 99 points, and I tweeted last week that he was worth a look off the waivers, and the Oracle hit again, Half No surprises. It's just, <laughs> just, it's 2021. Oh, yeah. Look, with Heppel, How Tom Cutler go the last two years? You've been spooking him. I just said for this week, mate, because oh, Heppel is missing, <laughs> and it worked perfectly for Tommy Cutler, who got... 636 metres gained in the game because he's a half-back flanker. He's not a wingman. So the, the Bombers have tried him on the wing, but he's genuinely a half-back flanker. He's only 14% owned. So I'm telling you, if there's no Heppel this week, and uh, we know that uh, I think Redmond just got off, so we don't have to worry about him. He's playing. But if there's no Heppel again this week, Tommy Cutler is one you could definitely look at because when he was at the Lions, he had a massive ceiling. They're playing the Suns this week. There's a genuine chance he can do it all again. So just keep him uh, on your waiver while I look out this week. I don't mind that. If Heppel's out, he might go okay again. But again, he's not very good most of the time. When presented with opportunity like he was <laughs> on the weekend, he was great. An oracle knows. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Clark had 80. Look, just a solid game from uh, Dill. Looks to be assigned to a tagger role. Um, I know we were both kind of keen on him a few years ago when he first came on the scene, Hef, because he had some um, beautiful junior numbers, but look, just hasn't quite cut it at AFL level. Had 19 touches and four tackles. So. Did he have some big scores as a tagger? I think as a VFL. No, he never really has dominated in oh, AFL. He had some else. good VFL stats. No, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's kind of come in. He had a couple good games, like maybe some 80s or 90s early, yeah. and then just uh, fell off the side of the earth. So um, I think it's a bit sad. He's a bit of a role player at the Dons, but um, yeah, just tip of the cap deal. Uh, Sammy Draper had 78 points and he had the wood on Timmy English in the ruck. Won 39 hit outs to English's 24. And yes, uh, English did get the better of him going forward, but he's going to learn from that. I said last week, Sammy Draper is building and uh, the game he played against English on the weekend was a great sign that he's putting it all together, had the 11 touches in the goals. Um, what I love, he just works hard and competes well. So I think things are going to click very, very soon with Sam Draper. So if you own him, uh, be prepared for some very good years ahead. If you do own him, you probably don't have much else in the right department anyway. So you're just going to have to hang on to him. But I think he should reward you eventually. Which is why I get into Meter Peter for some good uh, backup. So is he a ruck right? forward? Okay. Yeah. Cool. And lastly, Dylan Shue had 46 points. He's a massive contender to be B2P next year, Hef. What's happened to him? Hasn't he been injured all year? Yeah, but he's never been a good ball user, but he's always a good ball winner. Look at his stats this year. Oh, he's like had Harry 19 Schumble. touches, 12 handballs, and one tackle, which is completely unacceptable. And apart from his 79 score in round one, he hasn't played more than 69% time on ground since. So he's obviously underdone. He hasn't cracked 80 this year. He's only played the six games, yes, but a guy of his caliber and quality should be busting out some big scores. You literally just like made the exact like opposite thing for Harry Schoenberg before with all those uh, never been a good ball user, but is a ball winner kind of stats with all those guys. Harry Schoenberg is a good ball winner and is no. a good ball user. He's only in his second year of football. I know, but like with all those other guys, they're not great ball users. But the thing, the thing is, I think just the injury, like this season is the worst season to have like a long layoff with injury. Absolutely worst. Every, every player has been super slow coming back from injury this year. Like so many have. So would you buy a lower Dylan Shield, would you sell? Yes. Would you sell him? Um, I would wouldn't sell. Him I in? wouldn't sell because he wouldn't get the full value, and I would buy low if you could get him. Okay. Yeah, I've heard it here first. Anyway, uh, I'll read Zanks's notes for uh, Fremantle versus Brisbane Lions. I think there's even yeah some funny jokes in here. These put there, so that's cool. Even some pictures. Uh, I'm not sure how we're supposed to use them on a podcast, but anyway, thanks <laughs> for right. that, Zanks. 
Uh, Travis Collier <laughs> forgot he even existed, but apparently he played okay. Uh, had a 11 kick, five handball, handy ratio there. Also had four marks and two tackles. Apparently he played on the wing, which is uh, pretty good because he's uh, listed as a forward and he's only 6% owned in ultimate footy. So he could make a reasonable streamer or loophole option over the last few rounds. Again, I didn't see this game at all, so I can't really comment, but that's what happened. Um Hayden Young had 93 uh, points and he had 16 kicks and three handles and had 10 marks in that game as well. So must have just been mopping it up across half back. And it's weird that I know it's ultimate footy, so it's a lot of it's draft, but he's still only 50% owned. But I think he'd be owned in most keeper leagues. But uh, if you're rebuilding, um, he's definitely a player that you probably want to keep your eye on and try to get into your side. Because I reckon he's going to be a good defender uh, long term. Um, oh, he's got. Connor Blakely here and I guess he was playing back in the midfield uh, rotation and Zanks really wants to know whether he can be uh, a good scorer going forward and I just don't think he can because the only time we've ever seen him be a good uh, scorer when he was like a loose halfback flanker and he's not getting that role so I don't really want to talk about Connor Blakely he's 56 just because he was getting midfield time doesn't really mean much to me Do you, would you agree? Uh, tend to agree yeah. sorry Zanks now, this was an interesting one, and I want to know a bit more about it, but uh, Jared Berry um, had 63 points, but uh, what I did notice, he was having a, a big bump in his CBAs. So, looks like, though, by the notes, um, he was tagging on the weekend, so that could have been the jump there. So, maybe uh, not the best way for him to actually improve his fantasy scoring, because he's generally a bit more of an outside player, if I'm not mistaken, and he's coming to do a bit of a tagging job on Brayshaw, but it uh, looks like he shut him down, so could see him in there a bit more, and if that does happen, there could be... Uh, a bit of a you know every now and then you see Taggers put up a decent score so it might not be the worst thing for his fantasy scoring but it's probably just not the role that he's most suited to that's all uh, Damix Day is one we've uh, really liked in recent weeks uh, without Hipwood in the side he's scoring really well so he had 101 points on the weekend had 11 kicks 4 handles and 8 marks with 5 tackles so he's putting up a bit of pressure in the forward line no goals listed here Zanks so I'm not sure if he actually kicked any but uh, to score 101 I assumed he would have got uh, 1 there but uh, have to check that later on um, oh and uh, he's put here Humor Cluggage 106 Way too good for the pod, but just wanted to check, did any of the hosts trade out this guy for Sonny Walters this year? I think Ouch. technically it was last year. Was it? No, nah, it was the start of this year. The start know, of this I season. I don't know. I don't yeah. even want to think about it. Damn it, stay kicked too. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. And that was a horrible trade there, Case. Anyway, let's move on to but West Hasn't Coast. it provided so much just, you know, Content. enjoyment for so much that's, for so many other people? I'm a giver. That's why you did it. I'm going to give and I'm going to win the flag yeah. in that leg. How why don't you do that? any of uh, Dossie's shit trades to give him a few defenders? He never offered anything. Oh, didn't he? He reckons no. he slung him out left, right and centre and no one accepted. That well, was he never his... sent anything to me. I would have given him something. I got one and it was completely whack. So, yeah, absolutely not. Oh, if it was the whack, I probably would have accepted it. Dossie, yeah, your probably. loss. Yeah. Uh, West Coast v Melbourne to wrap it up. Um, great game. I assume that included the last 15 minutes. Didn't see it. But Jack Redden had 121 points. Now, Hef, statistically, he's 2G4P. But Why is he here? He's a guy that people are going to have to make some tough decisions on. So, a couple of years ago, Jack Redden couldn't get a game for the West Coast. I'm yeah. pretty sure he got picked up super late in one of our drafts. He's notched up eight tons this year. He's gone three at 120 and one at 142. Now, he comes and turns 31 at the end of the year. So, on their, he's one of their best last night, had 30 touches. He's averaging 92 but he's 31. So where do you see the Eagles next year? You know, they've got a really aging midfield. He's almost on the he's almost the easiest one that they could call or just go, nah, Jack, you're not you're not a Kelly, you're not a Shuey, you're not a Gaff. See you later. We're gonna blood someone else. 
you know, like I think he, he's a risky proposition because you could keep him going on his statistics and his average this year, but I just worry that he might be one that they just kind of go, nah. nah. I didn't watch him heaps closely last night, but I did notice the week before he was playing more on a wing and not getting as much midfield time as he was. And I think just with us now that he's playing on a wing, um, there's a lot of up and coming outside players mm. at uh, West Coast as well, especially with Gaff not playing super late. Well, I guess he's having a better end to the season, but not playing super well early on. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they do go backwards. They might just try a few different players in that midfield and in on the outside roles and stuff like that as well. So, yeah, not one hundred percent sure. What I can one you'd Redmond. sell high? I think if you can get something good for him, maybe a nice pick or something. I'd I'd be looking at that. Yep, he had uh, nine CBAs last night, so um, still on the lower side. It's down the uh, what's that? Five down five from last week. So mm. yeah. I don't know. Uh, Oscar Allen had 74 points, split his time forward and back last night to cover Shannon Hearn after he went off injured, then went forward late to try and pinch the game, but could only kick two points. Uh, had 14 touches, six marks and three tackles. Now, he's only had five scores of 70 plus this year, uh, 74 on the weekend, and he hadn't topped that in eight games. So I don't know where he's at because a lot of people liked him this preseason, me included. I thought he was going to be one who could really break out. Not but- me, key forward. Does he need Josh Kennedy to bugger off? Yes. But even then, like, what's Josh Kennedy's score each week? It's true. But yeah. does he have a little bit more fantasy game? I don't know. No. Is he only a good proposition because he's got the ruck forward DPP? Yes. But it, we, like I've said that multiple times tonight, the ruck forward doesn't, like, just because you get a few, you know, centre bounces as a ruckman doesn't mean you're going to drastically boost your fantasy score. And that's why you come to this podcast for advice like that. <laughs> now, Alex Willardin had 66 points, but are alarm bells ringing? He's only played six games yes, this year. I'm liking this game. Yes, there are alarm bells ringing. I'm just answering all your questions cool. as they come through. Cool. <laughs> now, he picked up 20 touches without too much effort. Six of them were kick-ins, so real cheapies. Now, Shannon Hearn was cooked in the first quarter, didn't even finish the quarter. Now, you would have thought at that stage, hello, Alex, it's going to be Point City, especially with no Rotham, no Duggan back there. There were no excuses for Alex Witherden. He's turned up twice this year, yes, but Jeezy looks out of favour, and if you can only score 66 when you should be the prime mover out of that back line, what's going on? I reckon I saw him take a kick-in. I'm just going to get the numbers up here. I reckon I saw him take a kick-in where he didn't actually play on. Let me just yeah, check It here. was. He had six kick-ins and to himself and one that wasn't. There's something not right with him. He never would have done that back at Brisbane. He was the guy who like purposely walked out of the square. Like he realised he was still in the square and then walked out to make sure he got the plus three for it. Something's not right with him. That just that fact alone for me. Is so a, are you worried? There'd absolutely. Be a lot of people, would well, he hasn't you, played would you, But would you keep him? <laughs> um, no, he's probably one you put back. Because he's like in our league where you keep sixteen, mm. you're effectively just making you're giving yourself fifteen keepers when everyone else takes sixteen. Mm. But yes, the potential there's to score that well, but. He's not best 22, and I just don't see it getting better, especially if the Eagles do slide next year. Mm. I don't think he's going to be someone they're going to be wasting time with. Uh, Alex Neil Bullen had 111, and seriously, where has this guy come from? He's been outstanding We've lately. We've been talking about him. We have been. Uh, now, he'd have to be a favourite player if you're a Demons fan because he just plays that role beautifully, does the in and under tough stuff, and does it so beautifully. Uh, 19 touches, eight tackles, and two goals last night. And we flagged last week he's – Probably a likely keeper next year because if he keeps up this, we do know that those top echelon flankers in strong sides can be fantasy um, gold. So you think about someone like Tom Lynch back in the day for the Crows as a great fantasy keeper just because he was consistent. You know, Kane Lambert's done it 
across the Richmond dynasty, you know, look back to Isaac Smith or, or Jack Gunston. They've always kind of been keepers when they're high quality half forward flankers. And I think Alex Neil Bullen's the, the next one of that crop. It's turn of like turns of form from players like this that could like really push Melbourne to a flag. Mm. Like when players like step up like this at the end of the season at the right time, you know, you just need a few of your kind of second class or second string players mm-hmm. to just really get hot at the right time and it can really push you through. So yeah, he's one I've definitely got my eye on. Totally grim. Uh, Luke Jackson had 86 points and he's going to be a star. 21 touches and six marks. He just covers the ground so beautifully as a big guy. He just doesn't even look like a rookie anymore. Like no. the way he moves, like he moves with a bit of swag, a bit of confidence. He doesn't mm-hmm. look scared. No, yeah. It's amazing in his second year that yeah. he, can, he can kind of look like that. Yeah. As I said, he has, has a genuine presence and a, a genuine crack. Now, um, he's been up and about. Uh, the last few weeks, his form's kind of wavered um, hot and cold this year, but he's coming home strongly. Yes, look, second year, he's still only 19. And, and yes, Max Gorn will have a couple of years, but I think the apprenticeship that he's doing at the moment is, is just going to hold him in good stead for heaps of years to come. So if you're an owner, just maybe give him another year or two before we start seeing some big, big scores because if he's kind of scoring 86 without kicking a goal or you know winning 20, 30 hitouts. Um, it's dangerous. Benny Brown had 76 points, uh, kicked three goals, seven marks and eight kicks. So very, very um, minimal possessions, but made them count. He just looks set in that um, Melbourne forward line. Obviously, there was no Tommy McDonald on the weekend, but that didn't affect him the week before. He's only 24% owned. So I think he's waiver wire gold, especially against the Crows this week. So look at him if you do need some forward cover this week. And just lastly, Jake Bowie had 62 and Trent Rivers had 54. The two youngsters from that Melbourne side, they just both did a couple of nice things that showed me they're on the right track. I think uh, Rivers took a couple of nice marks and um, I think went forward a bit as well last night. So hopefully we can see a bit more of Bowie this year and I'm very convinced that Rivers is in contention for a nice third year breakout next year. All right, uh, that brings us to the end of the round rewind. Only an hour into the podcast, okay? So, uh, yeah. Awesome. Quality content. <laughs> we've had, uh, I forgot to mention that at the top, but we've got a survey out at the moment. Uh, if you want to jump on, uh, head to our website, uh, or I'll po- actually, it's probably easy to find it on our socials. I'll post it out again uh, this week. Uh, give us some feedback on the podcast so we can help make improvements. Been quite a few people telling us to make it a bit shorter, but uh, <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> well, don't you want as much info as a given? We'll give out less info if you want, but. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll have to think about that. But anyway, uh, membership. Um, if you appreciate the work we do, bringing this podcast each week, please consider becoming a member. And if you do become a member, you'll get all of our bonus resources. Now, I reckon in the off seasons where we do some of our best work, so Agreed. lots of stuff that sets you up for your drafts because once the season starts, you've hopefully had your drafts ready and uh, yeah, you're going to need all this stuff to pick good players. So if you sign up now, you'll have access for the entire off season. You'll have the access up until this time next year. So if you're thinking about jumping on board, now's the time to do so because um, then you get all the stuff for the the off season and basically all of next year as well so thank you to the following 10 gold members this week Neil Turner Federico Mao uh, Michael Ford Jonathan Fenton Patrick Lahalia, Aaron Wilson Robert Hatcher Nathan Jarks uh, Jason Suzoka and Joseph Love Joey Love it's a, a sounds like an Eddie Murphy character from sounds like an NBA player yeah it does actually Anyway, let's move on to the next segment of the podcast.
All right, into the projections segment, but Kaze is going to take us through the top state league fantasy scorers. Not a lot going on on the weekend, Kaze. No, it was really only the Crows and Port, the uh, Sample Showdown. No footy in Victoria and those no. regions. And it rested I think a lot of free Peel Thunder were the only play- team to play, and um, Rich Conker was the only guy. Why is that? Is that they were just resting uh, players? I think, or? I think they've. Are they in a hub or something like that? Oh, maybe that's <clears> it, yeah. So, uh, but in the Sandful, Billy Frampton, 128 points to the Crows. Uh, Sam Mays continues his good form, 113. Joel Garner, forgotten man at Port, 107 points from him. Sammy Hayes, 106 points from the Ruckman. Kieran Strawn, who would have to be a big chance to play this week because uh, Rob's out for the rest of the season for the Crows. So, after the rest of the season, apparently. Okay. He's got a sore knee. I thought it was just this week. My bad. Well, maybe this week. But yeah, you're going to have to play someone. So it's either going to be Frampton or Strawn. I'd be looking at Strawn. Just on that, like we saw Riley O'Brien used to carve at the reserves level mm. before um, a big source kind of moved on. Mm. And we might be seeing similar from Strawn because he always seems to put up pretty good scores he as well. So some, I don't yeah, think it'd be the worst yeah, option if you had to bring him in. 33 hit outs against Hayes on the weekend. Yeah, so I don't think that's the worst option if you need to bring someone in. No. Uh, Lockie Shoal, 99 points. Good to see him get some form back there. Jimmy Rowe kicked two and had 26 touches for his 98 points. Sam Berry, 90. Ronan O'Connor, 89, and Marty Frederick, 87. All right, let's get into the projections. Uh, we'll pick a captain first. So we got to pick left field captains or players that aren't in the top 10 to 20. It's a bit loose, but we'll see how we go. I'm going left field this week. I'm going Caleb Daniel as my captain. Um, I think he got bevoed last week, so he was uh, pretty bad. But uh, look, he had 160. That's uh, a BCV uh, score. So I think it was about 128 um, against them the last time he uh, played. I can't remember who's playing this week, but I've got last time against them here. Who are the Bulldogs playing this week? It's uh, we'll find out later. That's fine. Um, whoever he's playing, he's uh, he had 160 against him last time, but he uh, averaged 99 against him as well, and uh, had a slow week last week. But he's averaging 98 from his last three. So I think if he doesn't get bevoed again, uh, he could bounce back and score okay. They're playing the Hawks. That's right. So it's a good fantasy friendly game as well. Who have you got as your captain? I'm backing in Jai Simkin. He is low key dominating this year. Um, 15 best, 15th best um, average in last. Last five games in the comp. He's notched up 10 tons this year. Four in his last five games, including a 125. Just looks to have taken on a nice amount of responsibility in the midfield this year and obviously now without Cunnington even a bit more. And he's tunned up in his last two games against Sydney, who he plays this week. So, Jai, it's your turn to shine. All right. So, I didn't actually pick a loophole this week because I didn't know what the early games were because they still haven't been announced yet, have they? I think there's gut feel. It's GWS and whoever they're playing at the first game this week. Yeah. And then... Apparently, Paul Richmond GWS are playing. Yeah, yeah. So. They're apparently Friday night. Apparently, it's going to be Port and Carlton in the Saturday afternoon I've heard game. That. I did hear that, but someone texted me that, so that's the only reason I know that. So I'm going to back in Mark Murphy as my loophole purely. I'm going to see what the retirement game can do in 2021. Yes, he's struggled this year. 84 has been his best score, but um, he has spent a lot of time of the season as a sub. Uh, they're guaranteed he's going to start, and I think you just got to lock him in for an 80 this week. Did you say um? Did you say Richmond and GWS are playing early? Yep. I'm going to go with Dan Rioli then as my loophole. Nice. Um, don't know if that counts, but uh, I'm it just off the top of my head. I think. Why that's do you like Dan Rioli? Oh, just the role, I guess. But then um, the the new halfback role. But just like the last few weeks, he hasn't been going like super nuts. We saw his first big score last week, and I think if he plays early, it just gives you the opportunity to, to loop him. And then if he doesn't go well, then you can just bring someone else back on. As a forward as well. It's yeah, very exactly. handy. Very yeah. handy. All right, on to the streamers. I did actually pick a streamer. I picked uh, Tom P. 
happily wait did I know I picked Tom Duda <laughs> wrong Tom uh, Tom Duda here averages 70 against Melbourne and had 95 last week as well um, averaging uh, 84 over the last three rounds and I reckon he's going to go about 70 plus this week 70 75 this week so handy handy I handy just be a handy 70 for you worth streaming and I'm going to go Tom Papley uh, he's had 91 and 83 in his last two games against the Ruse hasn't dipped below 70 in his last five games this season and I reckon he's got a four goal 20 touch game in him this week I reckon he's going to turn it on and I'm going to be starting him in my home league final oh good luck with that Kays I'm going to move on to the waivers and I'm going to pick up uh, Jed Buse this week just in case what we talked about earlier where he's gone back to back good scores just in case this isn't just a flash in the pan, um, it probably is. But uh, if you've got, um, it's just got. A, if you've got a waiver wire pick up to burn, maybe give him a go and see how he goes. Um, but yeah, it just does seem to be a little bit more attacking at the moment and finding a bit more of the footy. Who's yours? I think you'd be crazy not to pick up Ben Brown this week. He was my second. He was my second on the list. Twenty-four percent owned, averaging sixty-nine in his last five games. Uh, scored 76 and 88 in his last two, kicking four and three goals respectively. Look, they're playing the Crows, who they can stretch easily in that back line. So I reckon you can lock in a 70, 80. The thing about Ben Brown, he's still only 28. So you pick him up and you, there's nothing probably wrong with holding him next year as well if you, if you do need to. So uh, I reckon he's going to kick it back. All right, let's move on to the Apple review. Um, we actually got some this week. So we've actually ticked over the 100 mark of the Apple review. You'll so thanks to every listener who's given us a review. Um, I think most people have given us five. I think We've had one five, one four, and one one star. So someone out there doesn't really like us very much. Rude. That's all right. We can't please everyone. Um, but might this have, one comes might have been from after listening. To <laughs> he's probably just adjusted it. Uh, Pizzler P writes this week. Um, a must have if you're in a keeper league. If you have an interest in keeper leagues, the recaps and insights you get from the boys are invaluable, and it's not just worthwhile for the analysis sake of staying ahead of the competition. The boys offer up a genuinely polished and entertaining podcast too. Oh. Keep up the good work, lads. So, I'll take that. That's lovely. Lovely yeah, words. Cool. So, uh, yeah, thank you for that, Pizzler P. But again, keep these coming in. Don't stop now. Um, let's get this uh, podcast up the charts if you enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, just keep leaving those reviews. Thank you very much. All right, moving on to the listener questions. Uh, Ninja Spoon has the first one, Kays. What does he ask this week? He asks, which players are likely to lose forward or defender status that you would keep or delist based on being pure mid only after this season? All right, I'm going to say keep all the good ones and delist all the bad ones. (laughs) Ninja Spoon, uh, I love you, mate. But uh, I think if you could be a little bit, tiny bit more specific with these kind of questions, because if we had to dig through like every player in the uh, forward and defender status um, from top to bottom, there would be a lot to talk about. Because like, you know, players like, Callum Mills would be there to patty down pretty much. Well, they patty down might keep uh, forward status. I can almost guarantee you Callum Mills will not be a defender next That's year. what I mean. Yeah. So he's like likely to lose. I'm so just looking at my team yeah. ahead for next year and I'm like, yeah, he's just a mid yeah. only next year. But do we do we talk about Callum Mills or his 2G4P? Or That's more the point I'm getting at. But, um, uh, right, got but you. what I reckon is- um, Harry Schoenberg loses forward status. Yeah. We're gonna, we have to read a lot. He's, so, a, he's, a, he's an elite player. Just going through your team now. Um I, but I think the general is like if the mid only is average, if the guy moves to mid only and is averaging under 80, then that probably makes it hard to keep depending on the role or future potential. But it also depends on your league and league settings and that sort of stuff. And, you know, uh, yeah. Just so maybe if uh, 
if, if this goes for everyone, if you've got questions like this, just give us a few options to talk about. Um, if you're concerned about a few players or players that you are want discussed, maybe just, yeah. Rory Laird's one who could lose back status. Absolutely will lose back status, which mm-hmm. is going to hurt a lot of coaches out there. Yeah. Um, Josh Dunkley, does he lose forward status? Uh, probably not now, but he would have earlier on. So he could be one. How but sad yeah. is it that Chris Main's retiring? He's one of my best players this year. Yeah, I know. That's how bad your team is. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to uh, Dossosaurus Flex. He's asking, uh, thinking about starting a keeper league next year, how do you sort out prize money each year? Get into the important stuff first. I mm-hmm. like it. Uh, what happens after the first year and someone's team is trash, so they opt out to pull out? What happens then? Cheers. All right. Let's start with the first one. How do you sort out prize money? Uh, well, our home league, we put in 50 bucks each. Yep. Um, the winner takes, I think, maybe 80% The winner of that. used to take all, mm. but we had a big kitty from a big punting challenge one year mm. where you put in some nice, you, you alerted us to some nice uh, bets mm-hmm. online. So we had a big kitty, but that's kind of dwindled away. So now we don't, it's not winner takes all. I think the winner takes 400 now and 200 goes back to we league. We use it to pay barbe- for our barbecue for our draft and barbecue stuff Barbecue like and the punting challenge, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Pays for one of the punting challenges because everyone has a different amount to put on. Um, so, yeah, um, that's how much we do. We just put it in and then sort out what your league needs and then take subtract the rest and the rest is prize money. It really depends on how one big, how keen your coaches are, I suppose, you know, and how tight or, you know, happy they are to spend. You know, for me, like 50 bucks, I'd probably spend more because the amount no, of time and effort. It. Someone's going, all right? Yeah, but the time <laughs> and effort. The amount of time and effort you put into your home league, surely it's worth more than $50. Out of the, everything you do in the whole, you spend $50 on like oh, two yeah. beers at Adelaide Oval. Yeah. And like, you know, if someone who's like won it before, it makes it worthwhile. Mm. Well. And obviously that pays for the, the trophy and stuff like that too. Yeah. Um, what you have, obviously, I think you need to obviously have a, a rolling, you know, it's $50 a year to partake. So if someone is trash and they do decide to pull out, we kind of, uh, if when that's happened in the past, you know, it's all kind of been within a friendship group or, um, you know, guys through footy or, or school or stuff like that. So we've always known um, a guy who's coming in to replace someone. Yeah. Um, it should kind of be on the outgoing coach to find someone, but at the same time, that has to be vetted by the, the league as well because they've got to fit into your um, vibes. If you're asking for like logistics wise, well, like Ultimate Footy, you can just change the email and password of the coach that pulls out and so someone else can just jump in and do it. But there's a few things you can do. So like we can have like, um, we have like a few fines, I guess, or threats. If you finished uh, bottom two years in a row, you're out of the league. And if you finish bottom, you have to basically cook do all the, the work on, cook the barbecue on <laughs> draft night as well. So you have a few things that make you uh I didn't finish bottom. No, no, no. This oh, reminded me of something. Me. Oh, sorry. You pointed me to actually say something. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you got uh, yeah that kind of stuff uh, happening there. So, you have a bit of a punishment for some of the bottom. So, something they really don't want to do. I used to play in an NFL league where they used to like actually do a, a full-on punishment type thing. Like, I've seen people like egged and things like that. So, it was actually quite Funny painful as well. Yeah. On Twitter today, Matt, Dats- Matt Datsun said, uh, I saw it. Absolute scenes in our ultimate footy league last night. Battle for last place is lost with the last two kicks of the game. Bloke who finished last now has to sit at Macca's for 24 hours on grand final morning. One hour gets taken off per cheeseburger eaten. Yeah, I like that. I've heard that. I've heard something like that before. That's cool. But, I like um, that. It is a good one. I was actually brought up how many cheeseburgers we think we could get through. I think we talked about that in the group chat before. But uh, yeah, um, that's a good one. The, uh, sorry, that same NFL uh, fantasy league. I was sitting second at bottom one year. Guess what my punishment was? If I would have, was to finish bottom, draft Harry Schoenberg. Nah, because nah, it was the NFL, so okay. that wouldn't really help me. Well, but anyway, that would probably be a pretty good punishment though. Um, if I would have lost, I had to go to a port game wearing a crow's guernsey. 
Oh, that, that would have been so good. I wouldn't have been able to do it. <laughs> I couldn't have done it. <laughs> like, they just really know how to get you. So, if you can think of something like that to kind of stop people uh, pulling out. But then, yeah, if they are trash and they do pull out, maybe you could do some priority picks or something like that. Let them have the first five of the draft. And just pick someone that's guaranteed, like, to stick around for the long haul and actually knows their stuff who could actually, could actually rebuild a side and, you know, take it to something half decent. But anyway, uh, next question, Case. Uh, at Jake Rowlings 5 what to do with Chad Warner looked like a breakout star before his injury any chance he gets back to form and back in the mids um, yeah I reckon there is because I would I would just be holding on because that junior fantasy scoring and then we saw him play a, like a pretty nice um, kind of inside mid role you know just a, a good balance of CBAs and getting some outside footy as well and moving the ball forward um, yeah I would Josh Kennedy will go around one more year yeah exactly and like you look at the way they're rotating mids through, and act, and actually, if he probably didn't get injured, he'd probably still be doing oh, yeah. what he was doing now. Yeah. So yeah, he's only out the side because he's injured. It's yeah. not because he's bad form. Yeah, uh, at needs a fuic thoughts on Rosie's output next season. Been a first class disappointment for me this year. Um, I've been saying this all year. Players without pre seasons really struggled this year just because it was such a shorter preseason as it was. And um, he was out with that foot, couldn't do a lot of work on it, and then, uh, yeah, has struggled to keep up from there. So I reckon next year is going to be his breakout season. So, um, yeah, I reckon keep the faith there. And uh, Chris Johns, 12, with it in his available on the waivers in my league, worth a shot with Hearn out. I reckon it is for the last two games, but I wouldn't want to be hanging on to him long term. No, nah, touching it earlier. He didn't – he had a – he had a like a job interview on last night and he didn't perform. Yeah. Liam Duggan Liam Duggan can come back into that spot after his sore knee or whatever he got and he's gonna yeah, take maybe. Hearn's role. I think of, um, could. there's guys who can take that role. I think if he plays hundred percent of the game time, he probably gets a couple extra kick ins though, and that probably bumps him up to a seventy eighty around that kind of mark. I don't know. Probably not that high. I'd wait yeah. until the teams come out because there's a chance he gets dropped. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Don't pick him up if you can't, but there's probably someone else in the league's probably going to jump on him before that. So, um, yeah, there's a chance, but he scores well if he does plays. Anyway, that's a Zambrero wrap. So thanks for listening for another week. Uh, make sure you get on the survey on our socials and give us a bit of feedback on that. Um, if you're not sure where our socials are, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Keeper League Pod. Uh, make sure you drink lots of Remedy Kombucha and eat Zambrero. And uh, yeah, that wraps up. Anything else from you this week, Case? No, but apparently Harry Schoenberg's in the 22 under 22 squad this year. Yeah, so he should be. He's been good. Um, anyway. Ouch. You have to choose between Luke Jackson and Oscar Allen as the rock. Oh, Luke Jackson. Well, surely. that's not even a question. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. That's it, guys. Should we wrap it up? Or you gonna do we should wrap it up. No, yeah. no, no. Go Best of luck to everyone in their finals this week. Yeah, I'm, good in, luck to I'm you. in three and I'm nervous as shit for all of them. No, I'm only in one, but it's a grand final. So I'd like to wish you luck, but... Yeah, and I actually no, it's got nothing to do with me. You can beat your port mates. That's fine. Yeah, I definitely just don't want you to have the wood over. I don't want you to catch up on the flag tally. So I'm definitely not going. I'm not going for you. I might quit (laughs) if I don't win a flag. Always the bridesmaid. Anyway, uh, we'll talk to you later. And uh, yeah, have a good week. See ya.